Before the Rings of Power, there were the Silmarils. Before Sauron, there was his master Morgoth. Before Aragorn and Arwen, there was Beren and Luthien. Join us as we explore Tolkien and all the ages of Middle-earth with your hosts from TheOneRing.com, Jonathan Watson and Michael Grumbine. Merry Christmas, everyone. As you can see or hear, this episode is a little bit different. It's only it's only me here. Michael's not here. Dan's not here. Uh, we've got the Christmas season bearing down on us, and we want to take a little time for our families, and so we have a little something extra special for y'all this week. Last year, you'll remember, we did a special video of Tolkien's poem, Noel, that he published in 1936, but was only found in 2013 again. And we set that to music and some uh, wonderful reading by Austin Robertson and some imagery. And that has been uh, you know, relatively popular. We've gotten thousands of views again this year on it. And um, I mean, it's just a beautiful Christmas poem that Tolkien writes to celebrate the birth of, of our savior. And this year, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to focus on his letters from Father Christmas, which if you look in the video, you can see here's my 1999 edition from Houghton Mifflin. Uh, the new one looks a little bit better in my opinion, although I think the inside is exactly the same. Uh, these were letters that Tolkien wrote to his children starting in 1920 when I think his oldest son, John, was three years old. And he wrote these for 23 years. Uh, and these weren't just these you know, little aside letters. These were letters from Father Christmas that included an entire history, an entire mythology of the North Pole, the trials and travails, the good times, the bad times, the stories of where things come from. And so we can imagine that this is something Tolkien didn't do just in his off time, just didn't do when he had time between work and perhaps working on Middle Earth when he had the time. He spent an inordinate amount of time in order to create a world for his children. That meant writing songs, writing poems, drawing. I mean, you can see even on the back of this here, right here, um, there's the picture of Father Christmas you wrote. I think that was the first or second year. Uh, and he created a world for them. And and what we'll do with those images, if you go to the wondering.com slash Father Christmas, you'll come to a page where we highlight some of those images on there and talk a little bit about um, Father Christmas as well, the letters from Father Christmas. But he created an entire world, right? Because he can't do anything halfway. If he's going to go all in on Father Christmas, he's going to go all in. So there's languages, there's history, there's new characters. And so you get uh, the North Polar Bear and his nephew cubs. Let me get this right, Paxu and Valkotuka. You get Ilbreth, his elf secretary, which, of course, if you've the Silmarillion with us, you'll know Ilbreth sounds a whole lot like Elbreth, which is the name for Varda, the Meyer who put the stars in the sky and who's most revered by the elves. You have snow boys, who of course are the sons of snowmen. You have the man in the moon, who comes and has to fix the moon, I think when it's broken into four parts, when probably the polar bear does something. I don't remember all the particulars of every single story. But we get, we get those stories that... <laughs> the Northern Lights, the which are obviously called the Rory Bori Alice fireworks that Santa keeps and sends up, and the polar bear accidentally sends up two years worth in one night, and uh, these great stories um, of where things come from, of how the the polar bear climbs the North Pole and breaks it, which you'll find out here in a little bit, and um, another one finding the lost polar bear in the Goblin Caves, which of course leads to finding the cave art, and then the Goblin alphabet and an entire battle with the goblins where um, uh, they are actually killed. He says that to his kids. 
He actually says this is the battle of the North Pole, right? In a way, um, but he didn't just write. He didn't just write. He created. Uh, he subcreated. The letters were an act of subcreation that we learned in on fairy stories in our in our uh, podcast earlier this year. So, without further ado, I want to uh, show you and have you listen to. You can, if you go to uh, YouTube, you can see uh, our video of this letter from 1926, his father Christmas letter to his kids, read by Austin Robertson. I'll put a link to his website below, who, who also read our Noel uh, video and audio last year. But uh, I hope you enjoy this and have Merry Christmas and stick around to the end. Uh, and I'll give you uh, a little bit more about some of these names like Ilbreth and, and what's thought about. Did that maybe influence Tolkien and Middle Earth, his letters from Father Christmas? But we'll talk about that. So here you go. My dear boys, I'm dreadfully busy this year. It makes my hand more shaky than ever when I think of it. And not very rich. In fact, awful things have been happening. And some of the presents have got spoiled. And I haven't got the North Polar Bear to help me. And I've had to move house just before Christmas. So you can imagine what a state everything is in. And you will see why I have a new address. And why I can only write one letter between you both. It all happened like this. One very windy day last November, my hood flew off and went and stuck on top of the North Pole. I told him not to, but the North Polar Bear climbed up to the thin top to get it down. And he did. The pole broke in the middle and fell on the roof of my house. And the North Polar Bear fell through the hole it made into the dining room with my hood over his nose. And all the snow fell off the roof into the house and melted and put out all the fires and ran down into the cellars where I was collecting this year's presents. And the North Polar Bear's leg got broken. He is well again now. But I was so cross with him that he says he won't try to help me again. I expect his temper is hurt and will be mended by next Christmas. I send you a picture of the accident. And of my new house on the cliffs above the North Pole, with beautiful cellars in the cliffs. If John can't read my old shaky writing, 1,925 years old, he must get his father to. When is Michael going to learn to read and write his own letters to me? Lots of love to you both, and Christopher, whose name is rather like mine. That's all. Goodbye. Father Christmas. So again, thanks to Austin Robertson for reading that for us. I mean, I wish I had that voice. Clearly, I don't because you listen to me probably far too often and you hear how I speak. So his voice is is a wonderful boon to us. Uh, go to austinrobertsonvoice.com. You can check him out there. Um, and I hope you enjoyed that. Now, what I wanted to say 
uh, here at the end of the video is end of the podcast too, is that uh, there have been some suggestions that some of the characters in Father Christmas's letters here may have influenced Middle Earth a little bit. Now, there's no proof of any of this. This is what some people think. Now, to me, after looking at this here and the timing, I remember he started writing about Middle Earth in 1926, which is four years, or 1916, pardon me, which is four years before he started his first Father Christmas letter. And so he was already well into the weeds of Middle Earth at this point, and and Arda and Ea and Iluvatar and the the Maiar and the Valar. Sure, names changed and things like that. And certainly, maybe the name Ilbreth, his uh, elf helper, would have his. I think it's his chief elf helper. He he would have thought that's a that's that's a name that means something. But the word Ilbreth in here is more reflective of Middle Earth than putting Ilbreth into Middle-earth is reflective of the Father Christmas letters. So, you know, to say that these influenced Middle-earth, sure, maybe a little tiny bit, but I would say Middle-earth influenced these Father Christmas letters so much more than he ever would have in any other way, right? So the, the, the it, it's sort of like, you know, you've got this massive rolling ball of, of middle earth and his legendarian that he's created. And you've got this tiny little thing that comes at the end of every year in father Christmas. And if you put them together, uh, one is going to smash the other, but it'll, you know, maybe get a little dent from the little teeny ball of father Christmas's letters. But that big massive middle earth is going to influence that, that little father Christmas far more than the other way around. Um, I don't see that that holds water, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'll put up a solo video of this too, and I'll link to it below um, for now. And, uh, yeah, have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you, uh, after Christmas with a new video, again, talking about some of the changes in the Lord of the Rings films compared to the books. Uh, and then next year, somewhere in the middle of January, we will be starting a new story from Unfinished Tales. So I hope you join us for that. We're going to be nailing that down soon. And, uh, we're glad to have you along. And I'm not going to say what Michael usually says every time we do this. So thank you all for joining us, and I'll see you next week. Merry Christmas.